I'm going to get to the uh, judgment of the unbelievers, their eternal judgment. Now, their eternal judgment takes place at the end of the age, which is when the second resurrection takes place. Now, the Bible never mentions per se a second resurrection, but it does mention a first, and then it mentions a subsequent resurrection. So we just obviously understand it to be the second resurrection. And so let's read the passage of Scripture, and we can just uh, talk a uh, comment on it. Revelation 20, 5 to 15. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So the first resurrection is the resurrection of the saints that takes place when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. Then we go into our, the Lord's millennial reign for that thousand years. At the end of that millennial reign, a whole lot of things take place. Um, I'm not going to talk about them now. And it, after all of those things ha as have happened, then and only then does this resurrection take place, which is then the second resurrection. Um, verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Our Father is going to create new heavens and a new earth. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, and each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And so it's at that time, now when the scripture says, and, um, uh, sorry, um, the sea gave up the dead who were in it, um, talking about the, 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 those who are alive on the earth, because the, the nations are called are referred to in Scripture as, this, as the sea. So it's not a case of there are unbelievers under the sea. They, everybody who dies goes into Hades currently. Um, and so this is now all of the unbelievers are taken out of Hades, and they're brought and they're made to stand before the great white throne of God for their eternal judgment. And the eternal judgment will then be pronounced upon them in that day, or on that day, should we say. Um, now, they, they have, when they stand before God on that day, all of them have already been condemned. They stand condemned. They're not going to be judged as to whether they're going to get into heaven or not. Um, that, that is too, they've already passed into uh, condemnation. We can look at it now. And so that's why, so when the scripture says, and anyone not found in the written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire, that's everybody there, because none of them will have their names in the book of life. And so they will all be cast into the lake of fire. Um, but this is their judgment that will take place, and it is right at the end of the age. It is only after that that our Father then creates the new heaven and the new earth, and the heavenly Jerusalem comes down to the new earth. But um, prior to that happening, this is now the judgment of the all the unbelievers from Adam's day all the way to the end of the age now they have as I say already been condemned they are standing at that judgment to find out the level of punishment that they are going to incur for all eternity that's what they are going to find out on that day our Lord spoke about it in John's gospel John chapter 5 verse 28 and 29 he said do not marvel at this for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil 
to the resurrection of condemnation. So our Lord spoke about two resurrections, the resurrection of life and the resurrection of condemnation. The resurrection of life we know is the first resurrection which the saints partake of. The resurrection of condemnation is the second re resurrection which all unbelievers partake of. But it's called the resurrection of condemnation because they have already being condemned. They just not they haven't so when they stand before God on that day, it's for their sentencing, really. They've already been found guilty, now they've just got to be sentenced. John Gospel three eighteen, our Lord speaks about the same thing. He says, He who believes in him, talking about Jesus, is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. So they've all already been condemned. And being found guilty, pronounced guilty, now they've got to just wait to find out what their um, sentence will be for all eternity. And he said, he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And then in Acts 13, 46, the Apostle Paul and Barnabas uh, told the same thing, really. And it says, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, talking about speaking to the Jews, because they were preaching to them at that time. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. And so those who choose not to believe, they've actually judged themselves. And they've said to God, we're not worthy of eternal life. Now they don't realize that's what they've said, but that's what they've said by rejecting Jesus. And so they condemn themselves uh, to eternity. And that's going to be an absolute, well, it is. For all who, who die, the moment they die, they know. Okay, they've condemned themselves for all eternity. Um, and it comes as an absolute shock to them uh, when, when they realize that. But it's too late by then. So that's the, the, the unbeliever's judgment takes place on, at the second resurrection at the end of the age. Now, who, the person, the person, those who will judge the unbelievers are in fact the saints themselves. It's not going to be uh, God. Even though they stand before the great white throne of God for that judgment, He doesn't judge and neither does our Lord. It is the saints that will do the judging. Uh, John's Gospel, John 5, 22-27, uh, our Lord speaking, He says, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. Verse 27, and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. And so God the Father has reserved, has kept no judgment for himself. He gave everything to Jesus. Jesus is the one who's to judge it all. Now Jesus has reserved the judgment of his saints to himself. We will, each one of us stand, we've got dealt with it already. We will be judged by Jesus. We, the saints will stand before him. But what the Lord has then done is he's delegated his judgment of the unbelievers to his church. His church will judge the unbelievers, not our Lord Jesus. So at that judgment, God the Father and God the Son will sit on their thrones, and the books will be opened, the court will be seated, the courts will be seated, and the saints will judge the unbelievers. Um, 1 Corinthians 6 2 says, Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? So, very clearly, it is the church that will judge the unbelievers. Psalm 149, 5-9 says, Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations 
and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. The books were going to be opened. This honor have all his saints, praise the Lord. And so the saints of our Lord Jesus Christ have been given the honor to judge the world. And so every unbeliever will be judged by the saints on that day. Our Lord spoke about it again, Matthew 20, uh, 12, sorry, 41 to 42. Our Lord speaking on that day of judgment, he says, The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed are greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed are greater than Solomon is here. And so our Lord is just, again, re-emphasizing that His saints, because the men of Nineveh and um, the Queen of the South are both are all in heaven now, because they were Old Testament saint believers. And they will be judging and condemning the unbelievers on that day. And so when He says this generation, He's talking about the whole generation, because you know the generation that our Lord was living in at that time uh, were long after men of Nineveh and um, the Queen of the South. Again, um, Revelation 3.9, our Lord speaking around the subject as well, He says, Indeed I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not but lie, indeed I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you. And so that's what will happen on that day. It's at that time, when the church is judging the world, that they will worship at the feet of the saints, because God will make, that, make them do that. Uh, because they will recognize that those who they ridiculed, who they persecuted, are now their judges, um, and uh, their eternal judges. Very sobering. So the saints will judge the world, and we, are, we will have the wisdom, the books will be open, we will have perfect knowledge at that time, and so we will be well capable of pronouncing eternal judgment on all of the unbelievers when they stand before us. But it's not only the, the unbelievers that um, the saints will judge on that day. The saints will also judge Satan and his angels. Not Satan really, but all of his realm will be judged by the church. Again, 1 Corinthians 6.3 says, Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life. And so the angels he's speaking about are Satan's angels, not the angels of God. They don't enter, in, enter into any judgment because uh, you know, they've never ever committed any sin. They've never been exposed to what even the church has been exposed to. Um, it is Satan's realm that the church will be judging on that day. Um, but Satan himself will not be judged. He has already been judged. He knows his sentence. He knows where, where he's headed. John 16, our Lord speaking 8 to 11 about that issue. He says, And when he has come, talking about um, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And so Satan is the ruler of this world. He has already been judged. He knows what his sentence is. The rest of his angels don't. They, they will find that out on the day of their judgment, which is the same time that the unbelievers are judged, and it is the saints who will pronounce judgment on all of Satan's realm. Um, Matthew 25, 41, our Lord speak, speaking, He says, Then He will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, 
into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And so Satan and his angels and all the unbelievers are destined for the lake of fire. And it's the saints that will send them there. The angels will take them there. The angels of God will take them there. But it's the saints who will pronounce their, their sentences. Um, and they will be taken there. And so you say, well, if everybody's guilty, why doesn't God just put them into the lake of fire? Because there are differing degrees of punishment that will be incurred for all eternity. Um, we need to understand Hades is set up like that at this point in time. There are different levels in Hades. And the lowest level is the greatest degree of punishment. And then as you go higher in Hades, so the, the level of punishment is more tolerable until you get to the highest point where it is toler not tolerable, should I say, but it's not nearly as bad as the guys right at the bottom in the lowest pit. So that's how Hades works. The lake of fire brimstone works on exactly the same principle. The lower down one gets cast into that lake, the greater degree of torment that that individual will incur. Um, and so that is really, as we said, it's their sentencing that will be pronounced on them that day. How much torment they are to incur for all eternity. All of them will incur torment for all eternity. All that will be decided is the degree of torment that they will incur for all of eternity. And so, the, as I said, the lowest uh, put in, in that lake is, uh, of fire and brimstone is the highest um, torment area. Psalm 88, 67. That's where our Lord went. We dealt with it right at the outside of the teaching. He went to the lowest pit of hell. He said, you have laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the depths. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you've afflicted me with all your ways. So that's where our Lord went. He went to the lowest pit because he had to su suffer uh, punishment for the whole world. So he had to suffer punishment for all the, the most wicked people. Um, but Satan is destined there because we know he's destined to the lowest pit in hell, so therefore he's destined to the lowest level in the lake of fire and brimstone. Isaiah 14, uh, 12 to 15 says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation of the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. And so Satan is destined. He, he knows his destination. He knows he's going to suffer the full wrath of God for all eternity. Because um, that's where the, the greatest degree of torment takes place. That's where the full wrath of God is poured out. Um, and as I say, higher up in that uh, in Hades, so the punishment is you know, not pleasant at all. The Lord spoke about unquenchable fire, but it's more tolerable. The lower down you get, it's less tol tolerable, should I say. Um, our Lord spoke around that issue, Luke chapter 10, verse 10 and 12. He says, But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into streets and say, The very dust of your city which clings to us we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it would be more tolerable in that day, speaking about their day of judgment, more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. And so now the Lord starts to reveal to us the different levels of punishment that will be incurred. Because our Lord now says that the, those who hear the gospel preached and reject it 
are going to incur a greater degree of punishment than even the citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, Sodom and Gomorrah were very wicked cities because our Lord judged those cities. We all know about it. Um, and if you go read the account, they really got into some bad stuff, which is why our Lord had to judge them. They become that wicked. But our Lord says that their judgment, their, their punishment that they will incur on, from their day of judgment will be easier to bear than those who reject the gospel being preached. Now that's very, uh, that's an indictment. And so it's a dangerous thing to hear the gospel and to reject it because you're now just committing yourself to a greater degree of punishment for all eternity. Um, and so as believers, we also need to recognize that, you know, that we, um, when we share the gospel, that when we share the gospel and unbelievers reject it, um, we're, we're not going to be held to account, but they need to understand just how serious they don't understand. I don't know. But that's so we're looking at the different levels of punishment. So even a wicked person will not incur as much punishment as a good person who rejected the gospel, because there's some very good people who are just not interested in the gospel. But their punishment will be far greater. Why is that? Because they hear the truth of God's word that says, my son has paid the price for your sin. You don't need to go to hell. The people in Sodom didn't hear that message. Nobody ever preached that to them. Lot might have said something to them, but he didn't preach about uh, the gospel message of salvation because he didn't know about it himself. But those who hear the gospel message of salvation and reject it, well, they're going to incur a far greater degree of punishment. Um, even within Satan's realm, uh, there are different levels of wickedness. So as within the, the mankind, there are different levels of wickedness. In Satan's realm, there are different levels of wickedness. And so among his angels, there are those angels that will be more severely punished than others. All of them will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, but some will, their torment will be far greater than others. We know that because our Lord spoke about the subject again. In Luke 11, 24, 26, he says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest. And finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. And so there are definitely different levels of wickedness, even in Satan's realm. And so those angels will be judged accordingly and punished accordingly. Now this is another uh, grouping of, of individuals that will experience great punishment from the Lord on that day. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 to 15. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing for if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. And so those who would pretend to be um, ministers of the gospel, but are not, they are Satan's uh, ministers as such, um, they will incur a greater degree of punishment on that day because of the wickedness that they have really been trying to deceive people um, in, in their proclaiming of a false gospel. Um, Hebrews 10, 29, this is also a very sobering one. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace. This is talking about those who are born again, saved, 
and then go back into the world and reject Christianity and reject the Lord and go back to serving the world. Um, they have now trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which they were sanctified, a common thing, insulted the Spirit of grace. Great, great, great uh, punishment in store for those individuals on that day. So it's a very, very serious thing to commit the sin to death. Um, because not only have you now lost your soul for all eternity, but you are going to be punished with a greater degree. Because you knew the truth, you had the revelation, you were in the kingdom of God, and you chose to walk away from it once again. And then in Revelation 14, 9 to 11, this is the other category that will incur a different degree of punishment on that day. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image, and received his, receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and of the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast in his image, who ever received the mark of his name. And so there's two there truths here in this passage of Scripture that we, I can highlight here. The one is that this grouping, these are the ones that follow after the Antichrist when he comes to the earth and they receive his mark on their hands and on their foreheads. They're quite keen to follow him. They will receive a greater degree of punishment on that day. But also what we see is that those who are sent into the lake of fire and brimstone, it's in the presence of the new heavenly Jerusalem. And the Scripture says, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. The presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb is outside the city of Jerusalem. We already dealt with it. Isaiah 66, 22-24 says, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I make will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants in your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. And they shall go forth and look upon the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me. For their worm does not die, and their fire is not quenched, and they shall be in abhorrence to all flesh. And so that lake of fire and brimstone will be um, located just outside the city of Jerusalem, the heavenly city of Jerusalem. And that the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. We will always see it wherever we walk around on, uh, in the city. We'll see that smoke ascending. Uh, wherever we go on God's new earth, we will see that smoke ascending. Because that is the reminder to us of the torment of those who are in the lake of fire and brimstone. And during the festivals, our Lord said, God said, we will go over to that lake and we will look upon those who are the enemies of God. For it is only God's enemies that will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone for all eternity. And so that brings us to the close on the series on eternal judgment. <laughs> Very sobering close, but that obviously pertains now to the unbelievers. Uh, that's the eternity that they have planned for them. Uh, for, and they, they've done it themselves. They count themselves unworthy of eternal life. Uh, the Apostle Paul in Barnabas said, and so that's where Satan and his angels will be for all eternity. That's where all unbelievers will be for all eternity. And that's how they'll get there. It is the saints of the Lord Jesus Christ that in fact will pronounce judgment on them. We're ending the series on eternal judgment on that point.